This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the September 19th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Getting ready to talk some news, talk some fantasy drafting. It's pretty much draft season already. Less than a month away till the season starts. We got camp coming up soon. With me to break it down, Mr. Roundball Stew himself, Matt Strope. What's up, man? Hey, Mike. What's going on, man? You just gave me a bit of an anxiety attack, though, saying that the draft season is basically here. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's the, that moving up a week. I mean, it's pretty much, they moved it up a week, what, a handful of years ago, and then they moved it up. It used to be like Halloween was when the season would kick off, and now they're really moving it up early, which I love. It's great, but it really does jump up on you, especially if you're, like, really into fantasy football. Yep. It's always jarring, even for those of us who, you know, cover fan who, who work in the fantasy basketball world. It still jumps out at you, sneaks up. Yeah, because we can, and as a matter of fact, for the draft guide, I knew I was going to be totally emerged in fantasy football. I think I'm in 10 leagues, and <laughs> I just, uh, I've got my draft guide stuff done super early in August, so I knew I'd be kind of ready to roll for football, and I drafted Chris Carson on all my teams, man. Jackpot. Ten, 10 out of 10? Yeah. By the way, 10 is aggressive. Can I just say that? Yeah, it's super aggressive. My Tuesday love, nights are, are take me about a good hour and a half to get my waivers set up. <laughs> I'm a one-league man. I, I I play one league and I'm just all in on it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's my hometown league. We take it way too seriously. We have a championship belt that's engraved that gets passed around. The champion gets to pick the draft location for the next year. That's awesome. It's serious. Nice. Where where'd you guys do it this year? We did it in Austin, Texas. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet, man. That that of course means I didn't win, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> not a bad place to be. Not at all, man. Uh just quickly on, on fantasy football real fast. Uh Ray Summerlin just wanna pimp his article. Uh, for waiver wire guys, obviously Chris Carson, the cream of the crop, who, by the way, we mentioned on this podcast before. So uh, come for the fantasy football advice, stay for the fantasy basketball advice, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, the other guys, I mean, Higgins on the Browns, he's probably going to be a hot pickup. Uh, Chris Thompson looks pretty legit. Samaji P. Ryan, uh, anybody else that you, you've got waiver claims in on? You know, I uh, I had Chris Thompson on my roster, and then just being super impatient, I dropped him to oh. pick up someone else useless. Uh, so I may throw a few waiver dollars at him. I also had Chris Carson during the preseason. I was totally on board. I understood why he was a good pickup, and then I got impatient. You know, it's hard yeah. with those preseason pickups. You get so antsy when you draft a few weeks before the season. You just love to make moves, to make moves. And uh, I dropped Chris Carson. That was not... I'm not pleased. Although yeah. I did draft Kareem Hunt in the 13th round before Spencer Ware's knee exploded, so I'm pretty happy about that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's why I always say, like, the, why I love making two-for-ones, three-for-ones, and stuff like that for football, because it gives you, you can hold on to your guys a little bit longer, because your your team isn't as deep. So yeah. I love making three-for-ones. Like, the, the, my, my main league, I have uh, I made a three-for-one and a four-for-one, so that's kind of why I was able to hold Carson. Um, yeah, so big big week coming up. We got a London game, so West Coast people have a six thirty start. 
Yeah. Uh, so you're going to be flying out of bed for Jags Ravens. I yeah, man. Know. Hey, I'm I'm kind of pumped for that. I'm curious to see I'm what starting uh, that Baltimore D. Yeah, Buck Allen's also a, a baller. He's looks like, this is true. He's a he's a legit guy. Okay, so we just want to hit some news real fast. Not too much going down. Uh, Michael Beasley, he lost 20 pounds on a, quote, almost vegan diet, and he also called himself your favorite basketball player's favorite basketball player, which I loved. <laughs> Total Michael Beasley move. Um, dude, I feel like he may have value. We saw him two seasons ago with the Rockets. He closed out. He was kind of almost a league-winning pickup, especially in points leagues. We used him for DFS. He's not someone I'm going to draft, but I'm going to keep an eye on him. I mean, we think once Melo's gone, he's someone that maybe could get going. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Michael Beasley's still only, quote-unquote, only 28. You know, it feels like he's been around an eternity. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he is, he, he's still got some potential. In, in those years when he would get heavy minutes, I mean, he did a little bit on defense. He could get a block here and there. You know, he's not just a points guy necessarily. He can do a little bit of everything if he's playing a lot. So he just needs the right situation. Yeah, I mean, he's looking against uh, Kuzminskis. I mean, he, he could make he could make, a, make some waves. Um, some heat news. We saw Justice Winslow get a fourth-year team option. That's obvious. That happens every time. And then just Josh Richardson uh, got a four-year extension. Ryan and I talked a lot about Richardson and Deion Waiters, and we both like Richardson quite a bit. Um, again, another guy who was like a league-winning pickup. He was, I think, first-rounder in the final like, seven or eight games. He was just massive for defensive stats. Uh, is Richardson a guy you like? And how do you feel about where Winslow's going? He's pretty late. Had a really bad year before the injury, too. He's missing shots all over the place. Yeah, Richardson first. I mean, sometimes I think it, it's you got to be careful with guys who you know kill it the last six weeks because sometimes you know the stars don't align the same way at the start of the next season. But the four-year deal shows how invested they are. So you know he should be playing plenty of minutes. And, and man, you got to love that combo of three steals and blocks. That's pretty hard to resist. Yeah, exactly. And he wasn't just getting like 0.8 blocks a game down the stretch. He was getting like 1.5. Which is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, so money in those cats. Go ahead. Winslow. Winslow, you know, and we we did a draft recently, which I think you guys talked about on the podcast. In mm-hmm. fact, I know you guys did. And I was thinking about him. I think I took him in another mock draft recently. The percentages are a little bit scary, but man, like he he did show some signs of kind of becoming a pretty well-rounded fantasy player with assists and everything before he got hurt. So to me, I mean, still 21 years old. He's kind of a nice late round flyer. Yeah. But, you know, if you have low expectations, there's definitely some potential. I mean, he averaged around 11, 5, and 4 last year with some steals. So if he can just improve his shooting a little bit, he could be pretty useful. Yeah, and another guy, I've, I've talked a lot about this this season. Uh, it's a good year to punt field goal percentage, I feel like. There's a lot of guys that have that caveat. Have you ever, have yeah. you ever done I've never done it, and I've said I want to try it, maybe my next mock draft, and like take Westbrook and then just build that way. Is that something right. you've ever tried or something you make? Not on purpose. Not on yeah. purpose, but I'm definitely drawn to like bad shooters who turn the ball over a lot. So yeah. it's happened many a time. Uh, yeah, the only thing about Westbrook for me in a nine-category league is he sinks you in you know, turnovers, too. It's so yeah. hard. I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I wouldn't. I, we're not talking about Westbrook right now, but apparently we are. Yeah. I wouldn't go there again, personally, as awesome as he was. That was I drafted him in one of my main leagues, and it was a huge problem because you were just kind of tanked in two categories. Yeah, at least the first half of the year, and then he went kind of nuts. But yeah, yeah he was he was on a lot of championship teams for head to head. It's and head to head. I think it's viable. I, I never punt anything in Roto. Yeah. Um, so sticking with the Heat, also they're apparently going to rest Dragic a little bit, which makes sense. He just killed it at EuroBasket. 
uh, for Slovenia, uh, MVP for that event. I like him. He's going kind of in the fourth, fifth-ish round. Um, is he someone that you've drafted, or is he someone that um, you find yourself getting? I don't uh, find myself getting? getting him to date because I feel like people are pretty uh, tend to be pretty aggressive on him, and I mean I have no problem with that after the year he had last year. Um, I mean the thing is, definitely got to be ready for him to miss some games. He's missed ten and nine the last two years respectively, which is not that. Not that insane or anything, but you know he's 31 now, so he's not the most durable. But I mean, he's he's rock solid. He's not gonna hurt you really anywhere. Yeah, he, that's it. He's just a rock solid guy. You know, he's not gonna probably be like a first or second rounder, but worst case scenario, he's like a sixth rounder. Um, and man, yeah, on the top. Sorry to cut you off. On the topic of field goal percentage, he's just so solid there. The last I'm looking like five years, no worse than 47.5 percent, and a couple years, a few years over 50. Yeah. His shot selection's top-notch for sure. Um, so, Daniel Gallinari, after punching a guy, <clears throat> his thumb is back. Should be ready for camp. <laughs> Another guy who's a little, I guess, injury-prone as well. It was pretty durable last year. Great at the line. Um, Going to have scoring opportunities with Chris Paul gone, and Blake Griffin can't do everything, so this team needs offense. He's going kind of late. I'm always like... He's on my short list, but I always just go away from him. I always wind up getting like Aaron Gordon or somebody like that when Gallo goes. Have you taken him at all? Or no. no. And I'm I'm concerned about his durability. He's averaged like he's he's averaged 24 missed games the last three years. And I mean, you know, you look at his numbers. You know, he's good in points and threes, free throw percentage, like you said, but really nothing else. You know, he doesn't get steals, many boards or assists. So. To me, I feel like points and threes are such easy categories to get without that same risk that you get with Gallo that I would look elsewhere, personally. Yeah, I'd rather have a younger guy for sure, like I said. Would you take Gordon over Gallo all day? or? Yeah, I yeah. think so. I mean, just we'll, we'll talk about this draft that we did in yeah. a minute, and I'm going to sound like a hypocrite, but I would definitely go for the upside play there, Gordon over Gallo. For sure. Uh, okay, so Andrew Bogut, one-year deal with the Lakers. Uh, and one thing I just want to mention really fast um, so, if you saw last Monday night, the, the late game, when they had that guy Sergio Dip doing the sideline report, I don't know if you oh, caught yeah. into that, that was great. Um, and props to him, I, I, I can't bash him, man, I, I, I would freeze up on camera too, but um, it, made, it, made, it reminded me of uh, Andrew Bogut, uh, when, you remember the Boom Goes the Dynamite guy? Yes, of course. I, I always think he's like Andrew Bogut, like he says it like that, and right, right, pa- right. pass it to the man, it's... Yeah, Wayne's. I think he called Wayne Simeon Wayne Summers. Yeah, 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 that's right. It's like Kansas from Kansas or something. It's so good. If you've never seen, if you've never seen that, um, please go to YouTube. Boom goes the dynamite and watch that, and you'll be crying. Yeah, you're uh, making me feel old saying that people maybe haven't seen that. That's right? frightening. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I think I, I feel actually uh, Nick Menzio for football. He hadn't seen the whole thing. And wow. The, the whole thing. I mean, everyone talks about the boom goes the dynamite, but. The whole thing is just a riot, man. Like, oh, it's sure. classic. If you have a, if you have a bad day at your job, watch that. And you'll feel way better about yourself. Anyways, no um, how do you feel about Bogut? Um, sneaky little pickup. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm nervous about Zubats a little bit. Um, I thought yeah. thought Kyle Kuzma could be getting minutes, and they play more small ball. Randall, uh, although Randall, he's lost a lot of weight um, in the jersey unveil. He looks like he's down like 30 pounds, man. Um, so yeah. I don't know if they're going to play him at the five or what the plan is with him. But I still like Randall, by the way. But um, what, what are your impressions from Bogut going to L.A.? Well, I don't know. I mean, 
I can't get that excited about him. I mean, we talk about tanking a category. Like, it's really hard to have anyone on your roster and consider playing them when they score that little, you know? I mean, he, he's like, at best, a poor man's Ben Wallace at this point and, and not in a good way. So, to me, just like, yeah, he, you know, before he got hurt last year, he was getting some boards and blocks, but at what cost? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely not a guy you draft at all, but I was just curious to see, like, how, if he leapfrogs Zubots or what. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much hands-off Zubots and Bogut now. Uh, Unless, yeah, at, at, at the start of the season, I'd say. Yeah, and obviously Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez is another guy I've gotten a couple leagues, uh, or a couple drafts, I mean. I think he's all right. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, there were durability worries for a little while there, but he's kind of... Honestly, I was shocked. He's 75 games last year. I was not expecting that yeah. for it's, that team. It's weird how he went from Mr. 82 games and then all of a sudden that foot fracture and then he just fell apart. But hey, it's three years in a row he's uh, been only missed 10 or fewer, uh, 72, right. 73, 75. So he's looking pretty good. And as scary as like those foot injuries are, there are guys who you know overcome that. Going a little old school, talking about like Drinus Legowskis. Remember how many yeah. how, like brittle he was, and then he became real durable. So it can be done. Yeah, man. Talking, we're going on like an early two thousands kind of kick right now. Yes, with, uh, yes. With e bombs world and everything. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. What else we got here? Oh, Mason Plumley. He's back in Denver. Interesting pickup. Uh, I thought they were going to be all right without him. I'm not sure if the market just wasn't there or what. But uh, probably bad news for Kenneth Fareed, who I thought was a sneaky late-round pick and like a 14-teamer. Obviously, yeah. this doesn't affect Jokic at all. Um, I think maybe it hurts guys like Willie Hernan Gomez a little bit because they will probably play uh, Fareed more straight four. But not too much fallout. I'm not touched. Palmer was actually pretty good for stretches, but not someone I would really draft. Yeah, I mean, more of a deep league option, really deep league. Yeah, he'll be good for point, I'd say. I mean... You know, and uh, the contract, you look at the contract and you might be tempted to think, oh, well, they're going to play him. But, you know, the, the, the dollars have changed a bit. Yeah. He's making a little more than Miles now, though, I think. Uh, I Slightly think so. Long. Yeah, I think so. That that contract's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's now on my, my hometown team. Thank you very much. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, so one more thing before we break down draft. Willie Cauley-Stein posted some videos of working kind of face-up stuff. He was pretty good last year. He made his free throws. Looks like they're going to get him more involved in the offense. His um, scoring off the dribble, even one dribble or more, went um, way up, about like 20, 20% up. Um, so he was you know, doing things rather than just a straight line score, which is what he was when he came out of college. Um, another guy I'm always on the brink of drafting, but I just don't do it. But in a, in a, a year where there's not a lot of bigs, I feel like I'm going to wind up with him in a couple drafts. What about you? Yeah, man, for sure. He's been a target for me. I love him as a late-round pick. He was like right around 13-8 and eight with a steal and a block, I think, after Boogie Cousins got traded. Mm-hmm. And I just think, you know, he's, he's a guy who's going to be there relatively late in drafts. People seem to be forgetting about him a bit at the moment. Um, maybe that's just because his season numbers really don't jump that high, or, or maybe he's just ranked low in some default rankings. But... Yeah, I think he's a great late-round pick. I think that the Kings are a team that is, like, if you count, like, they have, like, one of the least amount of fantasy value, I guess. Like, it feels like the, the King is the last player. Like, every team will have a player go, and the Kings will be last with Kali Stein coming off first. Or some people take sad. Buddy Heald or something like that. Like, for a team not to get any players 
pretty much in the top like ninety. You're looking at Kali Steiner like ninety, I'd say. It's kind of wild yeah. for a team that should be pretty fast. Yeah, that's pretty bleak actually when you put it that way. Yeah. But I still think I mean someone has to put up numbers on that team, and and Kali Stein I think is a pretty low risk guy who's going to be a pretty decent big man. I like Bogdan. We'll talk about him. Okay, so let's talk about this draft. Uh, we talked about it with Ryan. So if you want to listen for. More of how I felt, how Ryan felt. Check that out. I'm going to let you kind of carry us here. Uh, we'll talk about your picks. Uh, you took sure. LeBron. Uh, I, I'm off LeBron uh, for rest reasons and the bad free throw season. So are you just thinking he could just be so, so good now that Kyrie's gone? Yeah, and I mean, look, yeah, he's going to rest some. But, again, we're not talking about – most likely we're not talking about, like, 20 games or anything. Right. And uh, I just feel like – there's there's as good of a chance he's there playing every day during the fantasy playoffs as not. You know what I mean? We always worry about that, but sometimes it just doesn't come to fruition. Like, I wasn't super psyched to take him. I, I had the 10th pick. This is a 12-team league, of course. Um, I guess I, I could have gone a little more aggressive and taken Lillard. I was honestly hoping Lillard would be there on the way back. But, uh, yeah, this, this is kind of the start of a trend for me during this draft. I did not draft the most exciting team in history here. <laughs> But as I look back on it, I don't think it's terrible. Oh yeah, not at all. Uh, yeah, LeBron's gonna be—he's gonna be probably like twenty-eight, eight and nine or ten. I mean, he's just gonna be triple double machine. Um, and defense should be decent too. It's just uh, the free throws are. Yeah. Look, you talked about this. He had a career low in free throws. Do you think? And he was actually worse for that category than Hassan Whiteside because of volume. But um, yeah, he had another career low too. Was it blocks? I can't remember. I wrote this. Uh, a little while ago, oh, yeah. after the season, I'm pretty sure he had a career low in blocks too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, tied it. Oh no, he didn't. My bad. Uh, okay. He had a career low in something else, man. Um, yeah. Oh, he had a career high. He had a career high, tur- career high in turnovers. And yeah. only point six blocks, which you know we've seen him get as many as one point one in a season. Yeah. Uh, so, but look, I mean, he still last year was around twenty six nine and nine. Which ain't that bad. Yeah. Oh, he's going to be a beast. Uh, and then, so what other first-round impressions did you have? Uh, anything that surprised you? I thought Boogie Cousins at nine was interesting. And then, like we've always said, and the top eight pretty much go that way in a different order. I mean, this is Giannis, Cap, KD, Westbrook, Harden, Kawhi, AD, and Curry. That's pretty much the eight. And then there's kind of a little bit of a drop there. Yeah. I mean, I would be pretty happy with Curry at eight. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then uh, Ryan got Gobert on the way back, too. That's a really nice start. Yeah, I would have taken uh, DeMarcus Cousins potentially over LeBron at 10 had he been there. Yeah. I would have taken him at 10. He was a monster after he went to New Orleans. Yeah, three points, man. And he's lost. he also has lost weight, so he's looking pretty good. Um, I love Lillard, by the way. Lillard's probably my, my main target if I'm picking 10th or later. I, I love him. Yeah. And Jokic. Yeah, if I had been going bold in this draft, which I wish I had, I definitely would have taken Lillard at time. Gotta go bold, man. With uh, with all of us drafting, gotta plant your flag. Hashtag brand it. Uh, no you you passed on Jokic. You're you're probably the only person that would have passed on Jokic. I know Steve, Ryan, and Jonas would have all pounced on him at ten. Are you not feeling the Jokic love, or what, what was no? That? Okay, no. I think he's a monster. It's just like I'm gonna kind of try to like uh, explain this in a broad sense. You know how sometimes you you just you draft a player, he, he's kind of such a trendy pick, but he's not a like a big-name superstar. You know what I mean? You look at all these guys who went before Jokic. They're all like 
superstars. Jokic is like the fantasy star. You know what I mean? Sometimes that, I don't know, it just doesn't always work out. If that's your best player, I just don't know that I would feel great about it. Does that make sense? That's like how Paul Millsap was. Like A lot of people wouldn't really know who Paul Millsap was, but fantasy people were like, oh, that guy's a superstar, man. I just didn't want him to be my, my number one player. I just don't want him to be huh. my, my number one player on any team. Interest, that's interesting. I've never really heard someone use like kind of big name appeal. Do you think because of like trades or something? Or I don't know. No, I just I just I feel like this is just a past experience thing, and this sounds a little bit flaky. I mean, <laughs> but but like, and I also just looking at his numbers, he's super well rounded. But like, where is he? making a huge difference in any one category. Maybe field goal percentage for sure. But like he's not super dominant in any category. He's so well rounded. Assists. Right? I think he's dominant in assists for a big man. Yeah. I mean he's he's very useful. He's very good. But to me, like, he's not gonna win you any category any week for sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, you know, you're not getting a monster advantage necessarily over someone who has like Westbrook or LeBron. Or, you know, one of those top guys. I think you're behind at the start of the week if it's a head-to-head league. Maybe as a, in a roto league, he's, in fact, a better pick. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Numbers. Jokic puts up these awesome lines, but unless he makes a big leap in, in all these categories, which he certainly could, he's 22, to me, like, you know, last year's stats are very good, but he's not crushing it in any one category. So he had 11.6 rebounds per game after the break. So you think that's coming down? That's pretty good. No, that's good. That's good yeah. for sure. And yeah. I'm looking at his season stats right now. I mean, yeah. 9.8 for the season. Yeah, it's probably going to be closer to what you said. So all I'm saying is like, he's not like a two-block-per-game guy right. like Gobert. Like, he's just not dominating necessarily in one category that he's like he, or he's just going to guarantee you wins in a few categories you know, every yeah. given week. I still think he's going to be like a, a 19, 12-ish, and 7 assist guy. I mean, that's with strong percentages well, and a if steal. If he's 7 assists, then, then 19, 12, and 7, sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah. yeah. But, look, I just, I'm not going to take him as my, my first player, my top player. All right. Interesting. Uh, we, we've, we've been uh, pimping Jokic so hard, so it's nice to finally get uh, someone who's kind of Jokic adverse, I guess. Well, not uh, adverse, like because if you look at the second round of this draft, yeah, uh, he went at fourteen. So, I mean, there I would I would probably take him once yeah. I've already got someone else. That was a crazy bargain. You took Jimmy Butler at fifteen. A guy is just so so undervalued. Uh, I don't see him being affected negatively too much with Cat in town. Uh, and also, who do you have number one by the way? If, if you're picking first in a nine cat or eight cat, whatever. I would probably, I would probably take Giannis okay. as of right now. Okay, we're uh, Jonas is a Giannis guy, and then Steve Ryan and I are Team Cat. Yeah, for for durability and just so strong everywhere, man. Cat's just such a beast. Uh, so Jimmy Butler, uh, happy with that pick, or was there I'm, anyone else? I'm for quite it? happy with that. Yeah. Um, as as I was hoping to get like Butler and Lillard. Um, the well, in retrospect, I think I would have been like thrilled with Butler and Lillard, but. Yeah, I like Butler at 15, man. To me, he's a borderline top 10, so to get him at 15 feels pretty good. Yeah, I would have taken him over Dre, but I would have taken Gobert. I have Miles Turner higher, um, and I also have who else? Oh, Kyrie. I have Kyrie higher. Um, and actually, I have Jimmy over LeBron, which sounds pretty crazy. 
But um, yeah, man, now, Jimmy Butler, he's gonna fall. I've seen him fall to like twenty, and I'm just like, man, that's it's harsh. Uh, don't worry, man. Jimmy Butler is an exceptional player. All right, so what do you think about me getting Chris Paul at twenty two? <laughs> Dude, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, to me, he's he should be, you know, at least at latest, maybe around fifteen, where yeah. I got Butler. But yeah, that's pretty silly to get him at twenty two. That's that's a ridiculous value. Yeah. Um, I also think Paul George at twenty one for Steve. Is a bit of a steal too. I don't like. I don't like Paul George. I just. Well, so what's your concern? Just that playing alongside Westbrook, he's just not going to. His numbers are going to fall that much. Uh, yeah. I mean, pretty much. We saw what happened to Victor Oladipo. Obviously, Paul George is a better player. But and then you know the case to be made is, hey, Kevin Durant did really well, number one player four straight years with Westbrook there. So I don't know, man. I just yeah. After we saw Westbrook just suck up so much value. Out of everyone on that team, it, it, I'm just a little gun shy. There's other guys I'd rather take. Like I, I, any of those guys, really, except for Whiteside, um, I would have taken over George. I would have taken Beal, McCollum. Obviously, I took Paul. I would have taken him. That's kind of it. So you're, I'm thinking like 25, 26. Yeah, I'm just betting on the fact that, like you said, we've seen Westbrook, uh, you know, at least statistically coexist with another big star, and, and it's worked. So my thinking is last year was just like, that was a necessity thing. Old Depot is not Paul George. Right. In ter- you know what I mean? In terms of, of yeah. production, upside, and everything. To me, I think Paul George still gets his um, to the point where he's worth taking around there. But we shall see. All right. So round three, you took Marcus All at 34. I've seen him go as high as like 23. Um, so I thought that yeah. was a great spot for him. Yeah. And this is like, uh, you know, this team I drafted is – is not the most dynamic in terms of youth, but I mean, Marcus is still pretty solid, man. Yeah. Like he didn't have a good rebounding year last year, but but everything else is pretty sweet. Yeah, and actually, Jonas he is very off Gasol. He is he thinks that Memphis is going to be really bad and rest him. Um, hmm. But I, I thought that was a little bold. I mean, I thought Marcus Gasol. If you're looking for a safe, all the the big men in this third round are just all over the place. Uh, I took Embiid at 27, which was a reach and more of a Heart overhead. I want Embiid on a fantasy team this year. Like I just, I have to do it. Um, yeah. So um, that was a reach, uh, and I, I will be the first to say that. What do you th- What do you think about me taking Embiid at twenty seven? I mean, it's it's another like aggressive play. If, yeah. You know, if he stays healthy, he's an absolute monster, and he's he easily hits that value. You know what I mean? Yep. That's like the low part of where he is. I think if he's healthy. Yep. Yep. And then Al Horford went, and then Gasol. And Blake Griffin as well. So you're talking about some risk there. Nothing really solidified like we've been saying for a month now. Um, big men, tough. And that's why that's another reason why I have Cat over Giannis, by the way. Just because I'd rather get that big in there. And, uh, yeah, although that's Gian- true. Giannis rebounds pretty much like a big man anyways. Like he's good for eight boards. So uh, and you can play him a power forward. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I love him. Um, so well, who else were you looking at? Were you, were you, did you want Blake in that spot? Did you want, were you, would you have considered someone else? Uh, I mean, I would have, at the risk of being to, my team being too small, I, I for sure would have taken Kemba Walker if he'd fallen. Yeah. Um, I love him. Uh, no one else really, man. I, I was pretty happy to get Gasol, even though it, was, it wasn't the most thrilling moment of my life. Yeah, you look at who went after him, big man-wise, pretty significant drop-off, really, except for Brooke Lopez at 44. That was a bargain. But yeah. the next bigs were DeAndre Jordan, Paul Millsap, which was also a pretty good pick for you at 39, uh, and then Nerwin's Noel. 
So that's a pretty harsh drop off. Um, yeah, it is. So uh, um, going, what else did you notice about this? I guess we're good. Any any other negative surprises? Positive surprises? I'm surprised by Devin Booker at thirty six. Yeah, that was aggressive. Um, uh, to me, like he, you know, he we know what he can do on any given night, but we haven't yet seen that sort of result in like in top fifty fantasy value for like steals. a prolonged stretch. He needs steals so bad. Like the lack of steals is just killing his fantasy value. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah. So Millsap, were you, how thrilled were you at thirty nine? You know, I'm. This is partially like you said. Embiid was you picking with your heart. <laughs> this is me trying to kind of move on from the emotional loss of Paul Millsap <laughs> leaving the Hawks. So I'm trying to bury the hatchet here. It's not his fault. I understand that. But honestly, like this is a guy who last year was not, you know, a top 20 player, but it's not been that long, two years ago, I think, that he was basically a top 15 fantasy yeah. player in a lot of formats. So He was like number eight or something. Yeah, I mean, he he's still, he's not that far off from being a beast. He was pretty bad in free throws last year, so maybe I'm just tanking that with him and LeBron to some extent. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, he's still going to do it all at least this season. I don't think we're going to see him suddenly start falling off. He's not that old. Yeah, he's a, he's a great, great target. The only guy I would have taken over him is Oladipo. Um, but other than that, I thought you stole him. Everyone that went after Gasol, um, I thought was Millsap was by far the best pick there. Uh, okay, so a couple other. And what what are you doing about, uh, about Oladipo? Another guy that we pretty much take uh, with, with the pod crew. Uh, we love him in the fourth round. Or, or, would you see yourself taking Depot at all? You know, man, it's like. I don't know. I'm not sure I would. And I'm not saying that I, I disagree with you guys for any rational reason, except that it just feels like every year people are super pumped about Old Depot. Huh. And he's been kind of a letdown the last couple to some extent. Yeah, so, last year was just a massive, massive flop for him. You know, I'm kind of like, since we talked football earlier, I, I just thought of a bit of an Amari Cooper analogy, <laughs> right? Like a super talented guy who, like, everything should be falling to place. There's no reason he should be producing like monster numbers, but he's not quite doing it, you know? Yeah. So that that's my only hesitation, man. You know, he's only 25. I definitely like the player. I just, I'm not sure I would take him in the fourth round. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is very much a hashtag brand round. Uh, Steve, <laughs> Steve and I went 45, 46. He took DSJ, Dennis Smith Jr. And I, I am fully driving the hype train for Jamal Murray. Uh, yeah. What What are your thoughts on on Jamal Murray? Uh, obviously, that was so aggressive. And anyone listening, you do not have to take Jamal Murray at forty six at all. Uh, and I actually yeah. have him ranked forty seven. So I, I was even like I have Rubio ranked higher. I just didn't. I wanted to make sure I got him. Uh, make sure uh, Jonas behind me didn't snag him. Um, that was a smelling salts moment for me in the draft. Like I really like that jarred me awake. I was like, whoa, I got to focus, man. Like people are getting aggressive here. This is serious. And so I really came to attention there. I mean, I will say I really like Jamal Murray as a player. Like anyone who watched him with the Nuggets last year, that is an explosive dude who can shoot and he's exciting. So, I mean, there's a lot to like. And sometimes when you like a player, you got to get a little aggressive, you know? Yep. Yeah, we we all know uh, who drafts who where. So um, yeah, I had to, I had to pounce. Um, I took. Uh, are you also on the Marquise Chris bandwagon? We're actually across the board. We all like Marquise Chris. I am. I am. And and that was an, I was I was not happy when you took him there. And uh, 
because that's a long wait for me between those picks. I'm 39 to 58, so yeah. I wasn't really going to get Marquise Chris in this draft, most likely. Um, but yeah, I like him a lot, man. You know, what's not to like about the potential for rebounds, steals, points, blocks, threes? Uh, and yeah, I, I like the way that guy plays. For sure. Uh, and you took Drew Holiday also. I thought that was a really good pick. Uh, I don't think he's going to score a lot, but you, you probably were pretty pumped about that, right? I was definitely happy about that because and my, my team needed a little infusion of excitement, you know? So I was definitely happy to get Holiday. And one pick after Dennis Schroeder, who, who I really like as a real-life player, but in fantasy I would definitely rather have Holiday. Yeah, he's kind of like Westbrook-esque where he'll kind of tank, tank you in two particular categories, except he doesn't really bring the... Eye-popping yeah. assists and rebound numbers. Uh, and you took Serge Ibaka at 63. Uh, Serge is fine, man. I mean, he's another he's guy that's... Yeah, he, he's not going to blow it up in minutes, but he doesn't need to. You don't really see many bigs hit free throws like him, and the blocks have gone down, I think, each of the last six seasons. So that's concerning yeah. to me. But still, he's still going to be probably top 15 in the category. He's, he's settled into being kind of boring and solid, but when you look at the complete thing and you're playing with turnovers... He doesn't really turn the ball over. You know, he gets you threes and blocks. He doesn't really rebound that much, but he's useful. Honestly, I wanted Vucevic, but uh, he uh, went a couple picks before Holiday. Yeah, so right. I was pumped a... about that. Um, well, anything Vuce else to talk about? Vuce may be hitting threes this year. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing to do, man. After Gasol and Brooke Lopez just really opened up Pandora's box for threes, apparently. Um, yeah. Any other picks in round six that caught your eye? Well, Lonzo Ball at 60 was, was another exciting one. Yeah. Um, I don't know where you guys land on him. That's pretty but... much where he's going to go. I haven't drafted him yet because um, I'm always drafting Murray, Chris, DSJ, Aaron Gordon. Uh, I want those guys first. Avery Bradley as well, I would take over Ball. And by the time I get those guys picked, Ball's off the board. Ball's off the board. Yeah. Right? I like I like Covington at sixty four and Gary Harris at sixty five. They yeah. went right after I took Ibaka. I, yeah, I knew Gary Harris was going to Ryan. I think Ryan's got him in like eighty five percent of the drafts I've done with him. Um, so that was one. Yeah, I kicked myself a little bit for that because because you know Gary Harris is pretty exciting. Ibaka yeah. is a little more. I I love drafting Nuggets for sure. Uh, and like we said, Aaron Gordon's probably one of my favorite targets uh, in the sixth seventh round. I've been getting him quite. A, I'm pretty much pilot. 85% as well. I've been pretty aggressive with him. I love that. Ideally, I get Chris and Gordon. Usually, I can't get them both. Uh, yeah. I usually wind up with Gordon. Um, and guys like Jonas or Ryan will take Chris in front of me. I also really like Clint Capella. He went yeah. 72nd in this draft. You know, he's a guy who people are concerned about him breaking free throws. But last year, at least, he didn't go to the line that much. It's not like he's going to the line seven times a game. Yep. Yeah, you could withstand that for sure. Uh, so, seventh round, uh, I took Prince. And I know you were upset about that in the draft. Do round. we even have to talk about this round? I think yeah, <laughs> we right. should just okay. look away. Yeah, I was I was starting to think about Torian Prince about 30 seconds before you drafted him. <laughs> so, I was just, the wheels were off at that point. This is this is the round I just, the, the couple of rounds I just want to look away from. You took, it's hard to believe that, like, kind of how Chris Paul fell to 22. Marcus Aldridge, like, two years ago, he was pretty much a second, third rounder in 82. I mean, we, yeah. we all just watched the playoffs is what I saw. Like, I, we were just like, oh, my God, he's so bad. Uh, so did you once – you were just like, ah, I'll just take him. Was there anyone else that you were considering? No, I was reeling after you took Torian Prince, honestly. Huh. And uh, I was just I was just upset at that point. <laughs> and uh, I, this was a fat – like, 
the clock in this draft was pretty fast. I've done I've done some other mocks where we're doing them offline recently. So this was going fast and furious to some extent. Yeah. And uh, time was time was ticking down. And I just I just said to myself, you know what? If he can duplicate last season's numbers, regular season numbers, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's seventeen good. and seven with with just over block a game, good percentages. He's super boring at this point, but I mean, there's no real reason he can't do that again. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he's he's fine. He's not going to win you a league, but he you won't be uh, won't be dropping him. I don't think, obviously. Um, Evan Fournier, Evan Fournier is basically like the wing version of Lamarcus. He always falls. He puts up numbers. He like Ryan winds up with him a lot too because he's we're all. I'm very sexy young player. I mean, you look at who I've been taking. Um, yeah, Murray, Chris, Gordon, Prince. I mean, I'm I'm the I'm the the sexy fun guy who likes to just shoot for upside, and, and I call it the mystery box. So I don't get Fournier because I want to have I want to have fun, but um. I yeah, know, you have I to love it. I tend to draft the way you do, and I do think sometimes you and I target the same players. So you were you were plucking a lot of players I liked, and I'm I'm sitting here with Fournier, who's fine by the way. I really don't mind him, but this was the part of my draft where I started to feel like a little bit like, man, what this team is just not that spicy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good term. Yeah, mine's super spicy, man. You needed a glass of milk and. Uh, <laughs> And I got a very, very large, large uh, habanero pepper in Boban. Oh, <laughs> man. Um, that's my boy, man. Uh, just gave me 18 minutes, and I'm satisfied. Um, and then I also got... Yeah, how much do you think he can play? Like 20. It, it's almost painful watching him like move. Yeah, 20. I mean, that's, if he gets yeah. 20, I'm, I'm chilling. Yeah. I mean, we saw him hit value in DFS in like, in like five possessions. Last year, it was crazy. Uh, okay, so let's. Uh, you had a, uh, another. Here's your spicy pick. Yes, uh, this is more spicy. <laughs> I love that term. Uh, Josh Jackson. Yes. Cayenne pepper that one, man. What? what how? I, see, a, what, was a spurt. What, you had your eye on him for a while, or when? What made you pounce there? No, the, what happened here was I was just starting to think about like I can't make three super boring picks in a row, <laughs> nice. so I had to do something. Cause, and. and Again, we talked about Willie Colley Stein earlier. I really like him. He went 103rd. Josh Richardson went 101. A lot of oohs and ahs on that pick. So I was like, you know what? I just gotta, I gotta just, you know, grab for some some upside here. Yeah. And uh, like to me, Josh Jackson. Who knows, right? He's got to kind of like grapple with T.J. Warren for minutes. But T.J. Warren's not the most terrible guy for starters. Josh Jackson on that team seems like at some point he's gonna be playing a lot. And he could be like a steals and blocks guy. Yeah, he's uh, going to play five positions according to Earl Watson, whatever that means. But yeah, yeah he's gonna, he's going to be a little bit of a slow starter. I'm not really worried about him getting minutes from Warren. I think they could coexist. Um, the thing I, we need to see is Marquise Chris really has to play a good amount of minutes at the five. Uh, that will really unlock a lot of potential for a lot of guys, uh, Chris included. So something, yeah, I like Jackson again. A little aggressive, but uh, I'm down. I was, I went spicy. I, I, I'm, I love spicy food. I don't think <laughs> I, I, I had, I was spicy the whole way except Chris Paul, really, and Durant. Yeah, I, mean, I, I went straight Hood, spicy. Though, Rodney Hood is. I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on on him. He was 
He must not have had him in a lot of leagues last year. He was so frustrating last season. I had him in every league two years ago, and I had him in no Sweet. leagues last year. Uh, yeah. If you had him last year, I don't think you would have drafted him. Yeah, uh, I know how bad he was. Um, but, but, yeah, I'm, I'm sold. Uh, he's not going to have a he's gonna have a tough time probably staying healthy with the knee injury last year that really derailed him. It looked like a season-ending knee injury. So the fact that he even came back was kind of surprising. But, I mean, he they're talking do- about – Playing 18, yeah. 18 points per game, they're talking about. Uh, he's been working with the coaches. They're really trying to make him more of a facilitator. He's a really good pick and roll wing, uh, so I think they're going to do that a lot with him and Gobert. He's just in a great, great spot. Um, Quinn Snyder's a really underrated coach. I mean, Rodney Hood's a good player. Uh, you know, he's a sweet lefty jumper. It's just, dude, last year what he did was was borderline rude to yeah. fantasy owners, and I know he wasn't <laughs> doing that on purpose. But he would come back, put up a big game. Like and then you get him in your lineup and then immediately injured like out for the week. He did that what what I feels like a few times. <laughs> yeah, he's he, I know he burns a lot of DFS people. Uh, he'll like just disappear in the second half yeah. of games. Um, so let's see, you took uh, next round. You took Tyler Johnson. Kind yeah, of, I sort of hate of, this pick to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, it's a little boring for me. Um, I mean, it, it, this was another another round where like. This this part of the draft got a little bleak, I would say. Okay. Um, we're in a twelve team league, so this is hundred and nine to hundred and twenty. Um, I mean, there's no one I look at in this round that I really regret not taking. You took my guy John Collins. Yep, yep, spicy. Who, who I hope the Haw- you know, I hope the Hawks play him a lot before too long. It's they gonna should. be a bummer if Coach Bud makes him sort of earn his stripes as a rookie or or like nitpicks his defense and sends him to the D League and that kind of thing, because they yeah. do that. Hawks do that, but yeah, I mean Tyler Johnson. It feels like he needs an injury or two to really do what he did last year. If he does what he does last year at some point, then I'm fine with the pick. Yeah, there, it's it's tough drafting Heat guards, man. Um, they're all upside. I thought Tyler Johnson was pretty fine. You know, good end of the bench guy, not a yeah. bad pick. But I mean, this round there's nothing really that jumps out. No. Uh, okay, so guess who went spicy again in round eleven? I did. Uh, <laughs> have you watched Lloyd Markin at all? Um, uh, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. What are you, no, I mean it's a it's a good pick at this late, man. Yeah. Again, this is another round where there's nothing that exciting going on at this point in the draft. So any sort of upside you can you can start to swing at is it's definitely worth it. Uh, you took Scal Bissier, uh, another pretty, yeah, that, that was pretty spicy. Uh, what else? Did yeah. you see? What else did you? Any, do you like him? Did, were you eyeing anyone else? No, that's who I was thinking about at this point. Um, just a just a kind of a lottery ticket for the most part. Yeah, but it's not it's not that crazy him getting pretty good minutes with Kings. Yeah, they're not they're gonna play uh, play it pretty slow with a lot of their big men up front. Um, we'll see what they do with Giles. Um, but yeah, uh, I think he's pretty fine. Uh, you took uh, a well, great year. I mean, he had like a he had a couple of monster games down the stretch of last year, and I said you got to be careful of the guys who kind of have a, a great stretch run and then it's a totally different situation the next season. But again, we're at pick number 130 here, so there's really no risk. Yeah, for sure. Like we said, Kings late, uh, and I always say, good uh, young players on bad teams is the way I love closing drafts. Um, you yeah. had a great pick in Kent Bazemore. Um, he's just in a great, great spot, especially with DeAndre Bembry banged up with the t- uh, triceps injury. Uh, big upside, kind of like he's a lot like Rodney Hood, a guy that just what didn't had a really down year last year after a pretty big season two years ago. Um, so totally, I, I love that pick. And- Baysmore, um, from a guy who watches a ton of Hawks games, started the year in just a grotesque shooting slump last mm-hmm. year and, and kind of broke out of it for a stretch there and was a lot better. And, and we, 
we may have forgotten, well, many people probably haven't forgotten that he was really useful two years ago. So it's not that crazy to think he could do that again. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I thought that was one of the best picks in this round. Um, anything else you notice? And really, the last I mean, few rounds, the guys that you took, so I'll just uh, we'll tell, spit it all out here. Uh, so after him, you took Ursan Eliasova, Kaka, uh, <laughs> and then Mo Harkless and Will Barton. Was that a Will yes. Barton auto pick or what? No, Will the Thrill was, I mean, come on, I was locked and loaded there at 178 on Will the Thrill. I mean, like, the only reason I did that is, first of all, it's, you know, there's slim pickings that late. But Will Barton, to me, is a weird case in that he seems to be able to defy logic in producing when he shouldn't. Like, it seems too crowded. He's not (laughs) going to have a role. And somehow he figures out how to get numbers. So I, I think... You know, maybe at the start of the season, maybe I end up dropping him. But I, I, much crazier things have happened than this guy having like a good couple months. Like one guy gets hurt or something, and he's he's balling. Nice. Um, what else? Uh, Ursan, another guy that I think is going to be really sneaky. Um, we saw yeah. him close out games over Dwight Howard at times, man. So yeah, yeah. And, and remember, like with Philly last year before he got traded, he was doing some good things. Yeah. For a while, and the Hawks, I think at least at the start of the year, are going to be starting him, it seems like. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I, they're going to bring Collins along, but... Um, yeah. And we've even seen Ursan play some three at times uh, with the 76ers, so maybe that can help him there, especially with the Hawks having so many question marks on the wings. Uh, any other picks that kind of caught your eye or were surprised? Yeah. Or? Um, I noticed that the homie kind of slid late. I know yeah. his role is uncertain, but another guy who was just crushing it for a while late last year he went 138th that's kind of um, where he should go i think man i mean they're just so talented that team to go from yeah playing next to pretty much tj mcconnell and guys just weren't really that good uh right and then roco was also hurt too so he was just in an ideal situation and i think a lot yeah. of us were smart enough to recognize that but again another guy another guy who's not that far away from you know another guy who could one injury away maybe yeah uh, anything else that uh, um, are you a Jared um, Allen guy? We're we're kind of Jared Allen guys for last round blocking upside. Yeah, yeah, that's solid. I like that. Um, I also, I mean, I noticed here Justice Winslow, who we talked about earlier, going on 163rd. That's that doesn't hurt. And and Mike Muscala, while we talk about the Hawks, he could he could play a lot of minutes for a likely just awful Hawks team. I dra- I've been getting Muscala a lot. Um, so that was interesting. And also, by the I mean, way, he, Wally Cauley-Stein went 103. That's a really nice pick. Yeah, for sure. Um, looking through here again, I think that's mostly it. I don't have a lot of a lot of late regrets. Terrence Ross is interesting to me, yeah. 144th. Um, not, not that he's going to put up monster numbers. He was real inconsistent with the Magic, but there were glimpses. And he could have the, the right role to finally be consistent to some extent. Are you a Norm Powell guy? He went 139. I thought that was a really good pick. It, that guy's pretty. I mean, that guy's pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, that's that's got some potential at 139. Yeah. He's a he's a guy. To be honest, like I I like would be forgetting about you know. Yeah. But that's a good guy up on your radar. They want to play him um, for more big minutes. I mean, that's why they let Carroll go, and they're pretty thin now. After they were kind of too deep for him to matter. Uh, he would pretty much need to yeah. lose and to miss time. So uh, he's, a, he's a guy I definitely like. Uh, any other rookies that you find yourself taking that maybe got sniped in front of you? Um, I'm just recalling what happened here. Uh, 
Like, are you drafting Donovan Mitchell at all? Or uh, I know Ryan loves um, Pat Beverly, not a rookie, but what? Are you, are you I like Pat I Beverly? like Beverly a lot. Yeah, I like Beverly a lot. He's a guy who, I mean, shoot, that guy just—he's he, a useful fantasy player. He's you know he's sneaky with the rebounds and steals and everything. He's just yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, I was I was definitely looking at him. I'm trying to remember where he went, but I was starting to think about him. Yeah, 104. Like I would have probably taken I would have taken him over Josh Jackson. Okay. In that spot. Yeah, that would have been really nice. Yeah, I think like Ryan him, and him and Harris and Beverly are pretty much his boys. Those are great. I mean, three great picks in that ninth round. Josh Richardson at 101, Willie Cauley Stein at 103, and Patrick Beverly at 104. Yeah, that was a solid round for sure. And then I get, who else? Uh, I got Hood in that round. Uh, who else? I'm trying to think of. Oh, what about. Uh, I was talking about the Nets. Oh, let's talk about that really fast. Do you find yourself yeah. taking Nets? They were first in pace last year. Um, do you, actually, there was an interesting story from Jared Allen who was talking about running a lot of pick and roll with D'Angelo Russell. So. I guess reading between the lines on that, you're like, oh, are they going to play him at the point more? Are they going to bring him off the bench, bring the two of them off the bench together and kind of have them carry the second unit? So do you like D'Angelo? Another guy that gets a lot of love on this podcast. Are you after Russell at all or was last year too bad for you? I'm I'm not going to be after him aggressively. Um, like, But another guy who, like you said, or you didn't say, but you implied, like we really don't know what the, the ceiling potentially is, you know? So I have been pretty high. I was pretty high on him going into last year, mm-hmm. but the field goal percentage hurts, man, and he's going to shoot a lot. Yeah, he's going to shoot a lot of threes. And the thing about last year, the Lakers, who were probably the best in the NBA about sharing injury information, they hid that Russell hurt his knee, and that really came back to bite fantasy owners. We did not see that, and he had an MRI. They didn't tell us. This is in, like, September or something. And now this year, he looks like he's healthy. So hopefully um, we don't get any surprises. But, yeah, he's he did get hot for a little bit late in the season. So yeah. now that he's healthy, yeah. again, the perfect spot. This team lives on catch-and-shoot threes. So yeah, if, he, if not now, when is kind of the thing. Just still 48, yeah, and 48. I mean, that, that's a good spot for him. Yeah. All right, anything else you want to add? Anything else you're working on, writing? Or? You know, uh, no, I don't think I have anything to add at the moment. Cool. I just I, I'm uh I've been so deep in fantasy football, man. This yeah. is good. We, I needed to, this is good. Yes, this is good. If, uh, it's pretty much draft season sooner soon enough, man. And then also check out the NBA draft guide, you guys. It's got so much stuff in there. Uh, all right, so make those waiver claims and thanks for coming on, Matt. All right, Mike. Thanks for having me, man. See ya. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.